0: You're listening to PorchDrinking.com's The PorchCast. Brought to you by Tap Credit Union. And now, The PorchCast. All right, everyone, and welcome back to episode ninety-four of the Porchcast. Welcome back; it's been a long time since we broadcasted, but uh, it's great to see you again, Corey.
1: Oh, I know. I mean, like, we're definitely in better shape than we were in Minneapolis. <laughs> that was a bender. It, it was. Sure. It was a
0: struggle by that. Uh, that fourth interview. Just as
1: much pedialyte was consumed that <laughs> weekend as beer. So we uh, we made it out alive. It's a good it good nice ratio. to actually be recording again and doing it in person because these ones are always super
2: what fun. They call it TMI. they would be like a TMI. Yeah. Wait too much. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, as you C-12. guys
0: can probably hear, we're really excited to be joined by a lot of really great guests today for uh, episode 94 of the Porchcast. Today we are broadcasting from Flight Co. Brewing uh, at their original Tennyson Street location. I say original location because they are about to open a second location, which we're very excited about. Yeah. Uh, we've a, got It's exactly 25 minutes away.
3: I just
1: figured that out. Because <laughs> somebody screwed up and went to the wrong location. It's beautiful though. It's nice.
3: Happens to the best of us. We've
0: got two of the three co-founders on the show today: Eric Serrani, Morgan O'Sullivan. Sorry, Uh, thanks for joining us, fellas. Yeah, thanks for having us. Excited to be here. And we're also we're also excited to be joined by our friend Michael Shepard, director of business development for OnTap Credit Union. Hello, thank
2: you for letting me join.
0: It's great to see you again, uh, again. Michael. And we'll definitely be chatting with you a little bit more about kind of how you've helped uh, Flightco really scale up in the past couple years and and be able to get to the point where they're now opening up a second location, so. uh,
2: We're really excited to be able to collaborate with them. Great group of guys, we're excited about the second location and we're helping them with the second location with some financing, so uh, absolutely, let's get this going.
0: Very cool, well before we dive into that, we want to uh, be sure to give a big thank you to our sponsors, which coincidentally enough, one of them is sitting right across from me. Uh, OnTap Credit Union isn't your average financial partner. They make banking as easy as enjoying your favorite beverage while providing great financial advice in a friendly and welcoming environment. With OnTap, Colorado comes first, which is why they offer low loan rates for cars, homes, credit cards, and more. And with OnTap's mobile app, you can have instant access to your accounts, whether you're meeting friends at a local brewery, out on the slopes, or whether you're wherever your next adventure takes you. Member-owned, Colorado proud, federally insured through NCUA. Once again, that's OnTap Credit Union on at ontapcu.org. Alrighty, folks, we're gonna jump into this now. We've got more sponsors to thank later, but uh, guys, congratulations on your upcoming second location. Tell us a little bit about that. I know it's it's uh, it's a very it was a kind of a fortuitous occasion that brought you to uh, such an iconic location that you're opening in.
3: Yeah, um, I think that's exactly what it was. the The stars definitely aligned. You know, it was kind of a crazy time the last few years going through COVID, and and we all felt it, and it 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 was truly terrible. Um, but it it did a pretty amazing thing and thing in a lot of industries where it really leveled the playing field uh, in ways that we have never seen or before, and probably will never see again. Um, t-
0: tell me a little bit more about what you mean by that, because obviously you had a lot of breweries going through a number of different you know uh, setbacks and. Uh, a lot of challenges in general, but it also provided a lot of opportunities, which I think you're, you're kind of alluding. To.
3: Yeah. Well, so those, those hardships that everybody had to go through simultaneously kind of reset the starting line. Sure. And so, you know, there were a lot of breweries, a lot of businesses that were many years ahead of us on their growth path. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all got brought back to zero collectively we were once. all figuring it out, right? Yeah, and so then success became who could adapt the fastest, who could move forward the fastest, who could, who could re- essentially reinvent themselves, and we all did that, and it's amazing to see as many of our compatriots get through this so well, and you see so many breweries in Colorado that are still open, and, and that's just incredible, and it's honestly a tribute to the hard work and ingenuity of all of those individual owners and, and people there. Yeah.
1: Honestly, like an interesting and awesome move, too, though, to like because on premise was so taken away at one point. Right. Everybody was just scrambling to can and do crawlers and stuff that you guys were like, no, this location's fantastic. And we really do want to have another spot to have people consume our beer on site.
3: Yeah. I mean, community gathering spaces aren't going anywhere long term. Yeah. Short term. Yes, you can take it away. Things. Shutdowns have happened. Hopefully won't happen again, but they might. Um, but at the end of the day, people getting together to share experiences over a beer in their community is something that's, I mean, it's as old as beer itself. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we've always wanted to be that community gathering space here in our Tennyson neighborhood. And I think that we've done a really good job and that community rallied around us and supported us. That's why we survived what we did. Um, And so really through those trials and tribulations that gave us the confidence that we needed to take on a project as large as the one that we're undertaking right now.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, Um, for those who haven't been following along, uh, we just want to kind of provide a little bit more context. Flyco, uh, your upcoming new location is in the former Stapleton International Airport Control Tower, which, you know, we talk about how fortuitous this was because you all are an aviation themed brewery. Two of the three owners are actual pilots. You all do a ton of work with uh, providing scholarships for people who want to get into aviation. Um, How did this come about? Where did did it come from where you saw, okay, this former airport control tower is opening up, and, like, it, it obviously you know, clicked immediately for you guys, right? I mean this does sound like a d- decision that was made over a few beers. <laughs> if I'm gonna <laughs> you're like,
1: you know it would only, be a
3: great idea. <laughs> I, I think we were probably halfway through the first beer before we thought we had to do it. Yeah.
4: No, uh I mean we used to drive by that Punch Bowl location, just look at it and be like, Man, how cool is that? How cool would it be for our brand to be in there dreaming of it, never thinking it would ever, ever, ever be a possibility and uh, you know, one of the unfortunate things that happened during the pandemic is a lot of businesses went under and uh, you know, punch bowl unfortunately suffered um, from that. Uh, It sat vacant for a while. uh, And then one of our investors came to us and said, Hey, we're thinking, you know, we're looking at buying buildings around this part of the town. Um, They, they know us, they believe in our brand and they put it in front of us and it was up to us to say no at that point. And we're just like, it's it's really big it's it's bigger than anything we've ever done before and this is this is crazy but you know so many things happened that just aligned that made it feel
3: like we're supposed to be there that we said you know what we'll go for it yeah we, the the stars truly align you know and we're we're not very good at saying no to things um it's i think it's part of the entrepreneurial spirit that we have and you know, we always find a way to make it work. And, and that's how we got through COVID. That's how we, we jumped from, you know, 20, 20 gallon batches in the backyard to a 15 barrel brew system with really no in between. And, and we had no business going from that scale to the scale that we're at now. And so when you look at, at being backyard home brewers and, you know, hopeful entrepreneurs to owning the business here at Tennyson and surviving COVID, um, That jump, in a way, was almost larger than the jump that we're taking now Mm. um, into a 25,000 square foot damn near warehouse um, with six bowling lanes, an 18-hole miniature golf course, a full (laughs) arcade, three, actually four bars. Um, I mean, it's just insanely massive. But Er Eric put it perfectly, is that there were just so many things that had to go right for the opportunity to even present itself. And we're looking at each other like we own an aviation-themed brewery whose goal is to give back to the future of aviation through local and national scholarship and create that community gathering space. And we have a former airport control tower that's a 164-foot structure
2: that's still there right? We were up on the top of that, Michael. Absolutely. Really cool structure. What I'll say is, is the neighborhood, I always say Stapleton, but the neighborhood is actually Central Park. Central Park. Yeah. Central Park. Yep. Yep. So what was exciting was I was able to join Morgan as we went to the neighbors and they I was a notary for them and they had a notarized thing. They agree for the new liquor license or approval yep. of the liquor license, but all the neighbors, it was amazing. We went to one house and People kept walking in the back gate, the front gate, through the front door of the house just to come. Agreeing. Yeah,
3: well, we uh, we we, uh, we went to a, a neighbor's house um, to get signatures that were, were within the the bubble of, of requirements. Sure. Um, and there were probably like, I don't know, maybe 10 people there. And within a period of about 20 minutes, like Michael saying, people are coming down, not, not the front but the back alley. Really? Sticking their head over the fence. I heard you guys need signatures for the new space going in. That's incredible. Down the street and right. every single one of them is just like, we are so happy you're here. We want that building to be used and we kind of at that period, we realized that as such an iconic building in that neighborhood, it really belongs to that community and it has for a long time because that, that whole neighborhood grew up around where the airport used to be and sure. it was all developed and so We just happen to be the most recent occupant of the building, but the building itself holds so much value and emotional attachment to that community that it it is
2: theirs and it belongs to them. And
0: I'm sure they're just happy to see a great tenant that's going to be doing more for the community and continue to invest. They were. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. They
2: were so excited. They were like, you know, we're so excited that FICO is going to show up. One, a great brewery, bring it back to life. They've missed that opportunity that something in their neighborhood, something that belongs to that neighborhood. So that... That piece was so recognizable with those neighbors coming in, not just the just not just the United training facility. There, Well,
3: and I'll get into that. But the the, the thing that we dream of in our business, right, is creating this sense of my place. Sure. Right. It's 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 that community gathering space. That's what you that's why you all your marketing, all your advertising. All you want to do is try to create that space for your community. And this building already had it. The community already owned it in their minds and Mm -hmm. wanted to be there, wanted to use it. And so what an amazing once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to take over a space that already belongs to the neighbors. Mm-hmm. And those are the people that we want to be loyal to and get in there to have a beer in the first place. And locally. also be able
1: to just repurpose some, like an iconic spot,
3: right? And not yeah. just
1: like do a new build or anything like that. You keep the integrity of the neighborhood and something that's very iconic
0: in that spot and do something really fun with it. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, and, and speaking of retaining some of the, the elements that are familiar... As I understand, uh, you know, Punchbowl Social was a very lively place. They had a lot of activities going on there. And it sounds like you all are able to maintain some of, like, the fun atmosphere that they were able to leave behind. Yeah, so can mean, tell us I, a little bit about some I of I mean, the inheriting
3: a space that has an 18-hole miniature golf course and, and six bowling lanes, like, that's not something we would have ever considered installing ourselves simply because of the upfront cost. But when you're looking at it and you're like, this totally fills the space. It sure. gives people additional reasons to come and, and reasons to stay for that extra pint. Yeah. Um, why pay to rip it out when it's something that the community could come use and enjoy on a consistent basis? Yeah, most of the condos I'm looking at don't have those. You've got to look in different areas. It would be a nice feature. You know, there's some, con- <laughs> there's some condos going in across the street, short walk, like five minutes. Yeah. Don't
0: doubt it. Well, no, I think, I think that speaks to also this kind of evolution of the taproom experience. You know, we're seeing a, more and more breweries who are getting very creative with how they infuse their taprooms into these unique kind of locations. You know, I believe out in, uh, in Kentucky, Against the Grain, recently bought a concert venue and, and now are using that as kind of like an, an account serving all of their beers. But it's just saying, like, you know, breweries can go beyond just the normal tap room and have these certain elements that really push them above and, and make it a, a true gathering place for folks. So I think well, that's super Well, especially super in
3: Denver, right? There are so many good places to, to grab an excellent beer, right? It, I mean, it's the Napa Valley of, of breweries. Yes. Uh, in the region, right? And so if, if quality beer is the norm everywhere you go, then you have to start looking at, well, what else do you offer? What else how do you, you provide?
0: Yeah. How do what, you elevate that experience? Yeah. What's,
3: what's the entertainment value? Why, why do I want to come there time and time again? How can it be new every time? Sure. Um, and that's definitely something that we've been really heavily invested, both with the entertainment aspects, but also with how we're decorating the space and a lot of the elements that we're introducing. So not only are you going to go to game, to bowl, to mini golf, all of those things, but also to, to celebrate the history of the building and really highlight a lot of the educational aspects that we can incorporate from aviation. And so whether yeah, it's telling that story and that history.
0: And I, as I understand, you all have kind of recently finalized a pretty significant partnership that helps to even further cement that, that on-brand kind of aviation element. Tell us a little bit more about that.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah, we're very excited to announce a partnership with Wings Over the Rockies Air and Space Museum. Uh, the... Our, our core values, the museum and ours are perfectly aligned. We're both uh, out there to inspire and educate people in the world of aviation. Um, you know, I was, I was given a scholarship when I was 16 years old after uh, my grandfather passed away to uh, finish my private pilot's license from our local uh, EAA or Experimental Aircraft Association chapter. And I just felt such uh, immense gratitude uh, around the aviation community to help me out, to help empower me with this skill that has really changed my life um, and so ever since then I've just been motivated to bring that to other people uh, they are doing the same thing they've been doing it for a long time they're one of the top 20 aviation air and space museums in the world um, really incredible place and they've got a ton of exhibits that are just they, they don't have room for it's, sure. it's sitting in the back um, and we said, hey, we're both on the same team here. How about we we band together and let's get more people interested? And it's not just people going to an air and space museum. Um, we we lure people in with beer. Um, come have a beer with your neighbors, and then we're just gonna throw aviation at you until and then. Fly
3: a plane. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or Order <laughs> of yeah order of operations yeah. is, is key
1: there. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah. So, yeah, it, it fit well together. Uh, we're excited to cross-promote each other um, and see where it goes. They have an immense knowledge of the, the old airport there, yeah. more than we could have ever asked for. We, we're we going in with, you know, I grew up in Broomfield, and I, I remember flying out of Stapleton a, a few times. Um, but, you know, walking around the museum with the curator, having just files and just so much uh so much history around sure. the place, we really can tell the story about
3: the old airport uh, far better than we ever could if we did this ourselves. And, and one of the really cool things, I think, for the long-term plan there is that, you know, keeping the space fresh, keeping the space new, um, when, you, when you work with the curation team about getting unused exhibits from the museum over into our space to help decorate, it happens on a long timeline. So they'll be helping us decorate for years to come. Oh, that's great. Not, not just pre-open, but, but post. And so you might not have come in for a couple months, and you come in and there's a new exhibit. There's some new factoid about whether it was the Stapleton Airport, Colorado Aviation, Military Aviation in Colorado, or just something in general um, that that wasn't there before. And so the space is hopefully going to be always fresh and always new. Um, just giving you yet another excuse to come visit us. Yeah. So
0: when are they moving in the X-Wing is the big question. <laughs> so we get asked
3: that a lot. <laughs> I, I, I don't think they'll ever give that up, but we're willing to house it. Yes.
0: <laughs> if they need a spot. I mean, I if mean May the say the 4th, you, that might be a, a nice rotating exhibit. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, yeah,
3: and, and partnering on events, too, I think is going to be really cool. We've, we've talked a lot about potentially having some drone racing um, come over to the tower um, some guest speakers, some educational events that they host, and really allowing them to use our space as an extension of their own. Um, I mean, 10% of our profits already go to the future of aviation through local and national scholarship, um, and so and this that's is going
0: to continue at the new location as well. Yep.
3: Right? So both locations, um, and this is really just an opportunity for us to put our money where our mouth is. And if we are all about, you know, promoting the future of aviation, what better way to do that than directly partnering with, like what Eric said, a top 20 air and space museum in the world. Mm -hmm. That's incredible.
1: Yeah, and one other thing I would like to say just about the aesthetic of the place is uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that our homie Jeff Tice, another awesome, amazing local Denver comic who is also one of the best artists I know, um, has done work for you guys in the past and he's did, the best um, artist i know yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah literally and he did an amazing mural for you guys you just i saw him posted on instagram but you just showed me and i didn't even necessarily get the scale of it but it's across the entire bowling alley that you guys have and i don't know if you guys want to speak to that but it looks it looks fantastic
4: yeah jeff is just one of the most incredibly talented human beings at almost everything he does uh that I know. God damn that guy. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: right? I know. God, God was doling out the talent and he slipped and gave a little too yeah, much, too much yeah, yeah. to Jeff.
0: <laughs> so, well, I On mean, that note, I, I know that I don't want to deviate too far from the conversation, but I do want to give some props to our co-host over here, Corey, who along with Jeff recently got uh, a promotion with the comedy work scene and is now one of their... Weekend performers, right? Tell us a little bit more about that on it. Yeah,
1: I mean, essentially, like, Comedy Works is, like, it's the club in town. And if you ask anybody, it's, like, top five club in the country. It's one of the reasons I moved here specifically to do yeah. comedy. So um, to get, pa- like, the past promoted. If you say promoted, it sounds like you were a dishwasher before. <laughs> and, then, like, and people don't necessarily get it. But Got to start somewhere. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> but it, it, essentially what it means is, yeah, I get to work there on the weekends now. So all of the really big names that come into town, um, I get to perform help perform with them and have some fun and Dude, yeah. a lot of really great comics locally that uh, got promoted recently and that's, i'm super proud of all of them that's a
0: huge deal i you know we we've seen how hard you've worked along the way so i just want to give major kudos to you uh, you are hilarious, and I love seeing you perform. Oh, so thanks, bud. I will definitely be coming out to Comedy Works to, to, love to see more of that. Uh, so. Yeah,
1: forget Jeff.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, Jeff, you're only getting two seconds on the show. Okay, he's, he's got the art thing.
1: It's, he's fine. He's got it all, baby.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
0: kind of getting back into the conversation. You know, obviously you've got the new location. I also want to talk a little bit about distribution, which I know is it's something that you all have begun ramping up as well. Uh, tell us a little bit about kind of uh, what you all have worked out from a distribution standpoint. People can find Flightco's Flyco, beers in local liquor stores now, right?
4: Yeah, we just uh, signed a contract with Brewer Star out of Boulder. Uh, they started distributing two of our beers. Uh, hopefully we're gonna get more on soon. Uh, they've got a wide network. It goes from uh, Colorado Springs to Fort Collins. Oh, well, that's fantastic. Uh, we're trying to target our local neighborhoods, but you could start seeing uh, our fogged-out, hazy IPA and our Oh My Guava pale ale in liquor stores now, which Hell is yeah. really exciting for us. Uh, you know, we distribution really wasn't on our, our roadmap, our five-year plan, when we first started, um, and now we're just starting to get into it a little bit more. And, uh, and but it's a great way
0: for more people to just discover the beer, right? Yeah yeah it's yeah and with
3: with the notoriety of the new location and the fact i mean being in the former airport control tower we 're getting a lot of attention both locally and nationally, Absolutely. and so i we think it's you know although like Eric said it wasn 't on our original plan because tap room sales are king right like that's that 's where you make the majority of your money that 's where you can deliver the experience that 's also where you can explain the process behind your beer the the reason that you named it, what you named it, what the story is, and that 's what people are looking for they 're always looking for what else to emotionally attach themselves to the product and and to the experience. We've always built ourselves as an experiential brand. Sure. Um, But now that we have this attention, we think it's the perfect time to start broadening our reach, allowing people to introduce themselves to the beer for the first time um, as a way to drive additional revenue and and traffic to both tap rooms. Absolutely.
0: Now, you know, I I do want to bring in Michael
3: a little bit more because...
0: You know, we talked about all these incredible milestones that you all have reached over the past couple but years. They don't
3: happen without any funding. Exactly. And you know, we do have
0: <laughs> what <a segue>. Nice. <laughs> you nice know, transition. That, that is something that we we touch on quite often on the show because, you know, a, lo- a good portion of our listeners are within within the industry. They're either brewers, they're brewery owners, and uh, I know that ONTAP Credit Union has has helped you all out significantly along the way. Tell us a little bit about kind of how you all got connected, Michael. And then also, I'd love to hear a little bit about kind of what tangible kind of examples that we can provide folks of like how you all have helped, you know, FlightCo scale up to to the point that they're now opening up a second location.
2: Absolutely. So it just started with a beer you know several years ago before covid where you could come into a brewery and sit down and talk to the brewery owner or brewer was that's how this whole conversation started several years ago and after a few different conversations about how we can help flight co was trying to put them in a better financial position and that was the first time that we helped them and we were actually able to help them with a term loan so you know, we look at the best opportunity how can we consolidate some debt put them in a better cash position so that's how we helped them with the first location then through that process they were able to actually quickly pay off that loan and then shortly after 2020 um after the COVID years i think in 2021 the opportunity came eric's like hey we have another opportunity we'd like to grow with you <laughs> so that's how we built a relationship with them and that's what's important is that we already had established a relationship with Flightco. we already knew about Flyco. we knew where they were Um, we wanted to help them grow in the position. So we looked at a couple of different ideas and what's come about with the new location is actually helped them what we call with a line of credit. So the line of credit is a great tool and, and I was just on another podcast talking about it. I think every, every brewery owner ought to have a line of credit. Sure. The line of credit opportunity is really big for them. So it gives them that freedom where they can start the process, right? Open their doors, get the funding, get going, and start raising capital and start bringing in income, mm-hmm. and then they can they have the ability to pay for their bills. So we're we're given a spot to where they have at least a six months cushion, if not better, to help but with payroll, absolutely, and food costs, right. yeah. They it can just pay it, just, it just gives
3: you that breathing room so that you can pretend like you can sleep at night. <laughs>
2: Pretend. I, I like I like the, the
0: use of the well, word. I don't like I the word pretend. Michael, Michael, ex- Michael,
3: the Michael hit the nail on the head about the, the start of the relationship. Is it, it did happen over a beer, and I think their approach is something that reminds me of the way business used to be, you know. And it's when we start when we first sat down and actually talked Turkey about how we were going to refinance one of our loans at the Tennyson location. Um, he brought in Tony, his boss. Um, we sat down over a beer. There were no laptops out. Right. There, were, there was no notebooks. And we talked about it, Sure. and we talked through the details of our loan, we talked through what offerings they might have available to us, um, and we said, yeah, that makes sense, and we shook hands. There was a lot of underwriting that needed to happen after that fact. There were loan committees that had to go through. We had their, their, their normal process, which they are very diligent about, sure. um, but we shook hands and we got the deal done. And, and, and I, I think this is so refreshing oh, totally. to, to us to deal with a bank that is, it, it's like how your grandfather described how business should work, right? Like, <laughs> well, like no, but but, but right. to be, I, I want to credit yeah. where credit's due. It was, it was the most relaxing, like, financial process. Sure. And we've been through a lot. And it was very different from those, especially from that first greeting. And, and, that first we, and we tried
2: to provide a unique experience, too. So we, we used the phrase crafting a solution. So when we sat down with Eric, Jason, and Morgan, we were going to try to craft a solution. We heard what their story was. We heard what they wanted to do. And then we took all that information, we were able to put it together, and you're right, there's all that other underwriting process, there's all the loan committee. However, the difference is, because we have that personal connection with them and we've talked with them about what they wanna do, it was easy when I went to present to loan committee is, listen, we've talked with them, this is their story, this is what they wanna do. Um, you know we have our compliance pieces of it but we crafted that first solution then the second solution came about and it was a big it was a big solution that they needed and we were able to craft a solution the first one as we kind of put it together didn't come exactly to fruition but the second one did because we we keep trying and we have that relationship with them and there is a big difference and i challenge you know i say any financial institution that you're dealing with Will they come to your brewery? Will they sit down and talk with you? Will they have a beer with you and listen to what you want to say? Or do they say, no, fill out that paperwork, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Fill out that paperwork. And the answer is either yes or no, you're in the box or you're not. And ONTAP does not approach it that way. Totally.
0: And I, th- I think the most incredible thing that you kind of explained to me without getting into specific numbers, but, you know, the fact that you were able to help consolidate that debt, allow them to pay it off in 15 months versus in eight years, which was kind of their the original thought that that's got to be a great feeling right
4: yeah it was it was such a relief we uh when we first opened flight co we we went with one of the big banks I won't mention which one but uh we got an s b a loan through them and it was everything that we were just talking about it's you, you know we won't even talk to you to you check the box to you fill out sure. you know give us every piece of information we might tell you a maybe <laughs> um but yeah we had an s b a loan uh there was a miscommunication a miss something that happened in we ended up having to put a large amount of money on a credit card when we first opened and it was just, yeah, at 23% interest, uh, we were just barely able to make the interest payments every month. Oh my goodness. And we're like, Hey, like we can pay this off if the interest wasn't so crazy. So we approached Michael and on tap and you know, they, they crafted us a solution to, you know, reduce that interest rate significantly to allow us to get out from underneath it. And it, just was such a pleasant process that, you know, we we came to them later. Like,
3: hey, do you guys want to take the rest of the SBA loans? Well, <laughs> well, and, and, I, and I and I think that the part of that that really rings true to me is that we got to sit down first and have a conversation and talk to the people that have decision making authority in the bank. Sure. And tell us if our plan is realistic or not before having to fill out an application. Hey, if we still had to come up with our end of the deal, sure. right, there's still, a, you know, a lending institution that has to cross their T's and dot their I's. Um, but we got to have that conversation first. Is this worth our time to pursue? Because, you know, as a business owner, you're getting pulled in a million different directions all the time. And you don't have time to fill out all of these different applications sure. with no idea if it's a possibility or right. not. And yeah. you gave us you don't a heads have up. to w- have gone
0: down this entire process, yeah. wasted your time, and then it, it, was, it all falls through. It again. was
3: not guaranteed yeah. when we had the first meeting. We still had to sure. own up to our end of it. Um, but the stage was set that as long as we met the requirements that had been presented, yep. there was a real path for us to follow. And we got to have that conversation first instead of doing all of the legwork to just be told a default no that could have been answered from day one.
2: Right. And, and we like that process with Tap. is that we have that conversation, we talk with everybody and we're realistic. And if we come to a hurdle, we find a way to get over that hurdle. So we craft that solution for them. Totally. And it's exactly how we came up with this, the recent way we can help them. In well, that's, a,
0: that's the thing that I also want to, to really emphasize is that, you know, it started this great relationship, you know that frees up some capital down the line for them to continue to look at other ways right. to grow. And now you're continuing to work, work together on the second location in terms of just providing a line of credit, allowing even more growth opportunities. Right.
2: And it is a nice conversation too. I remember when Eric submitted the application, I called him and I go, Hey, um, you submitted for this number. And he goes, yeah, let's start high. And I said, I agree with you. let let's see what we can do. Let's craft that solution. And we actually came out to a really great solution. It wasn't the, the first, question or the first idea You've always got to ask right for more. absolutely but we are very very close to it and that's what we tr- that's what i try to do is you know i i go into the corner for the brewery i'm the one that's in there battling for the brewery and talking with our loan committee about this is why we want to do it but i will tell you especially since we had that first relationship with flight co it made it even easier when i went to loan committee it was like look we did it once they took care of what they wanted to say they wanted to do and this this second project is really really big and it's an amazing project and we want to be part of it so how can you be a part well, of it well and
3: you and you came out and saw the space and took pictures and relayed that information directly to your team like it wasn't just an application, right? It, right. There was a person behind it that had come out toward the space, saw the potential, saw the vision, and then relayed that to the team, and that was huge in helping us get that deal done. Totally. Right. I took um,
2: pictures and sent videos. I was I mean, like, hey, you Oh even, my gosh! You, I was on
3: even, top of the you control even, tower. Well, you, you, <laughs> we did. We did go up there, and you, yeah, there was a, a helicopter flying by. I was like, I hope they're not videoing us. Um, yeah. How many
1: loan officers just want to take like a selfie at the top of your control right. tower? Yeah. Like the new yeah. space? You're like this is pretty cool, right? <laughs>
2: You know, and to that point is, you know, we're willing to meet somebody anywhere. We're willing to go look and listen and talk with somebody because sure. we do say the phrase crafting a solution. And it's not always we say yes, but it's really of how can we put you in the best financial position when you're ready? We can put you in that spot and provide you whatever loan you need. Totally.
0: No, that's, that's really rad. Uh, and, and kind of circling back to something really incredibly exciting things that have happened for FlightCo., I know that last year you all were also able to add a coffee shop and bagel shop here uh, at the Tennyson Street location um, you continue to do really innovative stuff like the the fresh hop flight I want to hear more about all of those so let's, let's jump back into it here in a second but I do want to give a shout out to another one of our sponsors first um, Denver Burger battle Have you guys ever been or heard of Denver Burger battle no. uh, you know nowadays we talk about like the proliferations of tap rooms and, and you know Events are also in that kind of same category, but this is such a unique event. Denver Burger Battle is returning in less than two weeks on August 4th. You don't, and you definitely don't want to miss this, this uh, ultimate food experience. Uh, Denver restaurants are competing to t- determine who really has the best burger in town. Returning champions like Cherry Creek, sorry, the Cherry Cricket, and Snarf Burger are hoping to def- defend their titles, while rookies like Lucy's Burger Bar. Carmen Gia Metropolitan and Dirks Bentley's Whiskey Row are entering the battle ring for the first time. While some restaurants are competing with their tried-and-true ch- classic cheeseburgers, others are getting creative with toppings like Wagyu beef, fried onion rings, mac and cheese, chicharrones, bacon, and much more. Rest- oh, dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> it is incredible. I've, I've been to this multiple times now. Literally, like, some of the most innovative burgers and, like, most delicious burgers I've ever had. You get to try unlimited amounts. Um, you have awesome breweries that are participating like Blue Moon, Briar Common, who are also both serving up food and beer at the same time. Uh, as the People's Choice judges, you get a, an opportunity to vote on the best burgers. So you can, you can have a, hand, a say in, in some of the awards. Um, and then there's also plenty of entertainment there. 80s and 90s bands performing, and, of course, unlimited burger and bar tastings. Tickets are on sale now. Plus, if you use the promo code PORCH, you get 10% off. Once again, PORCH is the promo code, and you get 10% off your ticket. Snag VIP tickets to get into the festival first. It's in the VIP section and get private bar access. Once again, that is the info. Denver Burger Battle. We will be there. And uh, if you use the promo code PORCH, you'll get 10% off.
1: All right. Well, before we segue from that, everybody yes. got a favorite burger spot in I was town. Going to say we're going to break for lunch. Or <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> I mean, mine's. My, I like my brother's bar. That's like my. Like if I'm in Dude, the mood for that a burger, is a classic. Yeah, I they just serve it up in like a little that like plastic case with all the totally. toppings and yeah. stuff, and it's in that white my, uh, sleeve. It's just like classic.
3: My go-to right now is uh, the Smash Burger down at Rhino Country Club. Oh, uh, best best Smash Burger I've ever had in my life. Those guys. That I think it's their uh, seven-hour, six-hour. Burger sauce that, yeah. Colin, that Colin makes is is just out of this and world. That's Rhino Country Club. Rhino Country Club. Yeah, they got a little mini putt putt right down oh, there yeah, off I've a, seen off thirty eight. Yeah, yeah.
0: That was right right next to where I used to live.
3: Little little tiny burger window. You order right in the window. You can see the guys making it. Um, everything's made fresh. I, that is by far the best smash burger I've ever had in my life. Dude, count me Thin up. and crispy, just the way I like it. I'm gonna say Atomic Burger and Golden. Uh,
4: just, yeah, yeah, just so much flavor on one burger, and the atmosphere in there is is
2: hilarious it's great michael what um, about you? I know atomic burger and golden very good choice very good choice yeah but i was like i think i'm drooling right now i'm sorry i'm so hungry for a burger right now do you have a burger we can have here <laughs> soon <laughs>
3: soon <laughs> at the new location
2: <laughs> oh perfect well yeah what, what is the what is
0: the uh culinary situation like at uh the new the yeah new we location? have
3: a gigantic pizza oven so we'll be doing oh, a lot fantastic. of pizza salads burgers uh shareables uh, a couple yeah. healthy options um, so traditional pub fare uh, with and, our with our own twist on and it. And
0: I know that you all will have a full bar, so you'll
3: be able to serve
0: uh, wine and spirits yep. too? Yep,
3: Full cocktail program, full wine program. Um, That's super exciting. Yeah, no yeah. No limits there.
1: Not to deviate too far, but what's the bagel situation like here? I mean, is it authentic New York? Are you taking your own spin on it? What do we doing? Yeah, got? so
3: we actually source all of our bagels locally from Leroy's Bagels right oh, cool. down the street. Um, Leroy's, from what we found, makes the best bagel in town. Um, and then kind of the secret to our program here are the, the bagel steamers that we use. So it actually steams and, uh, sorry, toasts and rehydrates the bagel, um, melts the cheese, brings all those ingredients up to that perfect temperature. Um, and they come out fast and, and hot. It's awesome. I wasn't sure if you were just using, like, some spent grain or something like that,
1: which I've seen people do before, and it it's actually, like, pretty dang good. If it's good enough for cows, it's good enough for me. And <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I always say about everything. Well, when I used to work at Harpoon, that's what they did with their pretzels. They would yeah. use, like, spent grain to, like, actually make it. So I just wasn't sure if you had a yeah, similar Yeah, closing,
3: closing the loop like that is really cool. We've, uh, we have actually um, – a lot of our spent grain goes to a local farmer that he feeds his herd of cattle and turns that into into beef. So. Yeah. Um haven't quite worked out how we're going to incorporate get that the
1: yet. Pat, yeah, get those
2: patties. Um, but that <laughs> would be, that would be pretty cool. The, cow. the beef's going to come here, right? Yeah. You're going to feed the patty from the cow. You're going to keep that circle going, right? Circle yeah. of life. Full circle of life. Yep. I love it. And I'm starving. Where's the burgers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, knew, the burgers. I knew
3: Lion King
0: was onto something.
3: <laughs> burgers. That's what it was. Well,
0: also, <laughs> I want to jump back into the fresh hop light that you all do each year. I think that's one of the coolest kind of brewery. It, you know innovation uh takes that really feels super super on brand for you guys you all fly your plane out to is it peonia
4: yeah yeah we for the past what 3 years now we've done it yep. uh flown to peonia to highwire hops unfortunately highwire hops is uh shut down shop this year oh, so no. uh, it's looking like we're going to go to billy goat farms in montrose this year just oh, cool. about 20 miles further sure. uh much bigger. Like two airport, minutes. Yeah.
1: So. Don't forget to take a left. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah no, it, it,
4: th- this is another thing that, that gets us really excited here. It, it's, it's a culmination of our brand. It's beer and, and, and airplanes at the same time. Basically, it came about when uh, Ryan Evans uh, from Brews Beers uh, was out visiting Highwire Hops. Uh, it was probably about this time of year. And, uh, he started texting me they they were camping out in the hop fields cuz Dave at Highwire would let people camp in his hop fields sure and they had a few beers and i started getting all these pictures from him of him pointing at this mound and he's like that's an airport right there <laughs> you want to you want to <laughs> do you want to go fly some hops in 2 weeks and oh my and do a fresh hop beer and Without thinking through all the logistics, I just said, sure, let's do it. Uh, they, are <laughs> uh, like, I've got a
1: plane. We can make this happen. Yeah, I so. mean, th- honestly, if you have a plane, do you need more excuses to just yeah. like, yeah, nope. sure, that sounds like a great reason to yeah. jump in
4: my plane. So they, we worked together, uh, came up with a beer recipe really quick on the spot, made an order. Uh, a couple of us flew out. Uh, we brought Leanne, our, our tapper manager, here with us. Uh, just a really cool experience. Beautiful flight. It's Flying through the mountains is It's tricky, and it's uh, not something you want to mess around with, but on a a nice weather day. What uh, is
0: the round-trip time uh, for for that flight? I think it's about 45 minutes each way. Oh, wow. Um,
4: Something that would normally be, I think, a four-hour drive. Yeah. Uh, How
0: quickly is it going
1: into the beer once you guys load it off?
3: So the fun part about that is... It takes longer to drive it here from the airport than it does for him (laughs) to fly it back.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. we time
4: it out where uh, Jason Slingsby, our, our head brewer here, starts the brew day at the same time I take off. So he's mashing in. I'm in, in route. We're, we're touring the farm. We're, we're picking the hops. And by the time I get back here uh, with the hops... The beer's been transferred into the brew kettle and it's just about ready to boil. So
1: it's as fast as it could possibly go. I'll let listeners guess which one of those experiences
3: was more fun. (laughs) 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 Well, I mean, as we're sitting here on the brew day, uh, we do get to partake in some of the other beers that we have on tap, uh, whereas obviously they're not while they're flying. True. Um, True. So I I maintain that that it is more fun to be here. (laughs) Uh, But the people that that go on the flight would maintain that their leg of the journey is is a little bit more
2: enjoyable to find a way to do a hop drop as they fly over Ooh. right just load just a drone p- into the plane. In. there and, you yeah. go um, yeah no
3: it, it is it is really cool to do that and you know the, the cooler because we we do the uh, hop addition in the brew kettle and then we do a late hop addition as well um, and the, our cooler the way that that smells for the next couple oh, of days is just absolutely incredible what does the plane smell like
4: <laughs> it smells hops, like hops right? constantly. The funny thing about last year is I was in such a hurry to get back to the airport or get back to the brewery from the airport. I was grabbing all the the bags of hops out of the airplane and I missed one that oh. was underneath the the pilot's seat and I open up the plane, you know, two a week or two later and it's just like, "Oh man, does it still smell like hops in here?" Oh this my is crazy. Gosh. And then I look behind the seat, and I'm like, oh, there's a bag of rotting hops right in my airplane. Oh, so, no.
1: <laughs> try, try explaining it, that to a police officer. As yeah. so you is. get pulled over in the sky, you're like, no, officer, it's hops. I, uh, I swear. Yeah.
3: Well, it is, it is a pretty cool moment, too, watching them You know, on the videos that we've done. And, and Bryant shot uh, a wonderful video of that inaugural hop flight. Um, and watching them unload these bags and bags of hops from the plane. Um, and it's that Pablo Escobar moment where it's, <laughs> I mean, because they're they're you know they're in these they're in these big sacks and you're just like oh yeah we just flew this across state lines and it is it precious cargo it right is there. pretty fun and you know Eric's Brian
1: you chiming in yeah. Yeah, yeah, some cartel
2: stuff.
0: Yeah, for those tuning in, we do we do want to
2: man with no logo on it, right? Yeah.
0: For those who are listening in, we do want to give a shout out to our our trusty co-host Bryant Vanderweerd, who is now located out in Wisconsin, but joining us virtually. Uh, We miss you here in Denver, but uh, I'm sure we'll see you very soon once again.
3: Yeah, Brian, I think you won an award for that um, video that you shot for us, right? That was the first video that you did for Flight Co. Oh, hell yeah. It's a hell of a
1: first date. That's awesome, Brian. Yeah, and Brian, I think,
3: is, uh, has shot a couple, uh, at least one more award-winning video for us as well. Um, so definitely a pleasure to work with him over the years.
1: Yeah, yeah but forget Jeff Tice, that guy.
3: <laughs> that guy sucks.
1: No, I'm just kidding. Um, I do he's,
3: just, <laughs> he's just really talented. He doesn't need any of our help. He's, <laughs> he's got it made. Now,
0: Jeff is... Absolutely hilarious! The he's man, super uber talented, and very good looking too. So he's got it. He's got it all. Kind of the best, yeah. 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 As in part, really in, far of, in far of looks and <laughs> looks
3: and talent are concerned. Um,
0: man, this is the most Jeff Tice love I I have ever <laughs> had on the show. I know. I know. He, doesn't even, he probably doesn't even know we're we're talking about. Oh, no, he'll, he'll never he'll hear know. it. <laughs> he'll know. Um, I do want to chat on a couple other uh, beer topics that have happened. You know, it's been a long time since we've gotten to get together. I definitely want to hear your all's opinion on all this crazy news that's happened in the beer world. Obviously, one of the bigger stories is Stone Brewing. Uh, after many, many years of Greg Cook denying ever willing to sell the brewery, uh, sold to Sapporo, the 29th largest beer producer in the world, who also owns Anchor Brewing and Unibrew, uh, sold for uh, between 165 to $168 million, which is uh, plenty of reasons to to want to to actually make that sale happen, but it was documented multiple times in 2013, 2015, 2016 of saying we will never sell out. But I guess there is finally a price point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm you know where I stand on like the whole like selling out camp. Sure, it's usually I, if that's the right move for the brewery at the time, then go for it. But at the same time, they just put themselves in this horrendous position of like nev- denying that it would ever happen, sure. right? And, Go, going out of their way for no reason to say that it wouldn't happen, which is the, pro- I think that's the annoying part. Yeah, right? It's like, I'm, nobody asked, man. Nobody asked, I'm, and then I'm, you decided I'm, to cast the I'm with shade. you on,
3: on that. You know, we're, we're all fiercely independent and, you know, want to grow our businesses as far as we possibly can. Um, but, you know, I would be remiss to say that if, if somebody gave me the opportunity to create generational wealth for my family, that I, I wouldn't be at least open to the idea. You know, you don't spin these things up. This, these are your babies. You you want to you want to see them grow up. But you don't necessarily want to see somebody else be in control. That's not the goal. Totally. Whenever you do this, the goal is to see it through to the end, whatever that end may be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so very rarely, I think, would you ever talk to any brewery owner that would say, "Oh, the reason I started this business is to sell out." Yeah,
0: um, their view. I'm sure there are a couple
3: But most of us you know, We love our babies And sure. we, wa- we want to grow them ourselves as much as we can um, But at the end of the day if, if that type of money is on the table um, you know, Everybody should at least consider it Oh absolutely um, no, as, if, Especially if the transition happens in such a way That all of your employees are well taken care of And all right. the people right. that you value and trust You know are going to have a spot moving forward Totally
0: you know, admittedly, I think I was, uh, I drank the Kool-Aid for a very long time of the Brewers Association's fiercely independent movement and, and you know, believing that everybody should, should remain independent for the entirety of, of all of craft beer and, re, re, you know, retain that integrity. But I think, you know, as the past five years have really proved, you know, being able to partner with an, uh, an entity that can help, you know, provide that generational wealth, but also help provide generational wealth for your employees, provide opportunities for your brewery to grow beyond the reaches of your regional footprint to be able to become a a national and international name that, you know, can consume your beers in in other continents. You know, I think that it is the, the narrative has shifted. And I think a lot of that had to do with new Belgium selling, uh, uh, you know, had to do with dogfish head partnering up with uh, Boston beer uh, Bell's Brewing recently, you know, this, this stone deal wasn't so much a shocker to, to me, except for the fact that it has many layers in the Greg Cook, the, kind the precipitating
3: of event, I think was the ballast point sale for, Absolutely. for a, a billion with a with a B.
0: But we're not we're not seeing those kind of sales anymore. No, they, oh they no, Constellation messed up yeah. once. No, they, was, yeah,
3: <laughs> No, they. Yeah, that was that was an awful deal for them. You know, I was gonna say They're, this though. But Ballast
2: Point timed that. Ballast
0: right. Point and, and Lagunitas too.
2: Right. Um, yeah. I, I think what's important is is your business plan. What is your goal? What is your vision? And you're right.
0: And I wanted to bring you in to to, to kind of talk a little bit about that because I think you know as we're going to talk about here in a second with modern times, there's a lot of lot a lot that can go wrong even when you have. Uh, you know what you think is a, is a solid infrastructure in place right. over extension you know the the market changing i 'd love to get your some of your perspective as to when you 're looking at financing for breweries what are some of these elements that you want to you know make sure that your clients are very much aware of and and and, and careful of so that they 're not Putting themselves in a bad position.
2: Absolutely. So real quick on selling of the brewery, this in my opinion is this, whatever your business plan is, and if there's a position where you can sell the company and put your employees who help you start that company into a better financial position and ultimately that's okay if that's your business plan. If you choose not to sell, but I think it's kinda of funny when people say, No, no, I'm not gonna it's better not to say that out loud, that. right? <laughs> but if somebody writes the right amount, right, writes that check I think everybody really, truly has a number and they're willing to sell out. And I'm like, good for them, sure. you know? And then, hey, you can move on to your next project or your, or your entire group of your team can move on, either retire or move on to the next project. But as far as what we look at in, in a financial, or as a financial institution looking at a brewery, we want to see them in a sound financial position. We want to see that they're doing really, really well. And so we always have this conversation where you're, you're kind of fighting between what I want to see and what an accountant wants to see and so an accountant wants to see where you don't pay a whole lot in taxes. so You write a whole lot of things off. However, I want to show that you're making money. I want to show that there's income. And we stress all the time, three people, an attorney, an accountant, and a banker are in your corner. And we look at things differently, but we want to see that you're, that you're making money. We want to see that you're making a profit so that we can lend you money. There's certain ways you can spread taxes and back things out, but we want to see that you're a profitable company. And, and you you will grow. So... People don't want. Some people don't want to borrow money, but we stress to everyone, you don't always want to use your cash. And I use the example, I knew a brewery right before 2020 paid off $100,000 in debt. And then 2020 happened and COVID happened. And then they were cash strapped and they need to borrow money. So it's, it's finding that balance on... How can you borrow to help your business grow without overextending yourself? And I use FICO for that example. You know, they're growing like mad. They're moving to their second location, and that investment is really, really large. However, they're in a great financial position to be able to borrow money. You don't always have to use that money, but it puts you in a spot to where you can grow. And that's that balance. Absolutely. You have to find that key.
3: Cash flow is king, right? So
2: if Sapporo is listening, you know, we're open. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Both flag co and porch drinking <laughs> at the same yeah. time. If,
3: <laughs> yeah, if you can guarantee that that all of our employees, children, grandchildren, and great grandchildren get to go to college for free, then yeah, I'm in.
0: Yeah, and I, I think the bigger <laughs> thing, I think um, you know, one of one of our journalism and friends, Beth Demon, put together a really great recap of the of the whole sale and, and kind of talked a little bit more about Greg Cook's legacy as a whole. Um, I think this does less to me in terms of you know, rebuffing his previous statements, whereas when he went through all of those uh, litigious, you know, uh, you know, cease and desist with uh, many breweries that had the word stone in their name, I think that was a bigger impact for his overall right. craft beer legacy.
1: Yeah, I guess my the thing I've always had with Stone and this goes back to my rep days. Man, a lot of those people have just never been cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like this they've never been chill about anything in their entire lives. And I just remember it like, you know, like they always had this really stern policy of, like, not picking up old beer. That's the distributor's responsibility. Mm-hmm. So even in – like, especially in New York, you know, it's, like, so far away. Uh, you know, it was pretty hard to find fresh stone on the shelves because they were so arrogant about it, really. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, I mean, the way that Greg's kind of carried himself, like, I don't he's not going to listen to this, and, and even if he does, I don't really care, he just hasn't really, def- like, ever, one of the things I love the most about the beer industry is it's mostly a collective of people that are, like, pretty chill, we all enjoy some of the same things, and we at least all have a similar energy, Right. I don't get that from him yeah. at all uh, in any well, sense. I and I, without knowing the guy,
0: this is kind of my like perception of it. That's also kind of the problem that I have with BrewDog, which we dog on BrewDog every single episode, I, I feel dog. like, which, <laughs> which is <laughs> rightfully so. But, you know, I think, I think in craft beer, when you come at it from this angle of, you know, hey, we don't give a shit, it, it can only take you so far. And, and when you actually don't give a shit about your people... That's a huge problem, and right. people see through that very quickly. Yeah,
2: it is.
3: Yeah, that, that, that's, that's very much a, a philosophy of yesterday that, that doesn't Absolutely. belong very today, today. today and in the future, right? Like, today is all about taking care of your people, taking care of your community, your employees, offering those mental health days, offering those resources. Really doubling down, giving you know having benefits available for, to your employees, oh, sure. making making it the industry norm that you know you take care of your people first and foremost, right. um, and then defining that circle as as not only your employees, which should come first, um, but your community at large. Well, how do you give back? What benefit do you have to society? Because beer inherently, by itself, does nothing. It's an alcoholic beverage, right? That right. people can abuse, but yeah. if you use it to propel communities forward, bring people together and share experiences and ideas, which we need now more than ever is to knock down those boundaries, blur those lines and get people to come together over their commonalities rather than divide over their differences. Totally. And if, if that can be part of your core ethos as a business, then you're, you're doing it right. But Yesterday is the day of oh I you know we're too good for that yeah I believe or Morgan's set this platform for else. governor
2: <laughs> 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 the next governor race but I think you're right it's more what you I don't, don't s- know about that background <laughs> check that comes with governor <laughs> you're fine I've I've checked you're good to go absolutely I'd vote for you but I think it's it, you know to Morgan's point it's it's not really what you say it's what you do right totally. it's, it's, it's putting where your money where your mouth is and I think that's the big problem and what are the breweries are and it was it craft washing what was the what was the term before when they you know breweries sold out to somebody and I say, you know what, your business plan is your business plan, if that's what you want to do, but ultimately take re- very good care of your people, you know, do the right thing, and that's what makes the most sense, and don't be the loudest voice, sure. right? I think it's really your actions are, speak louder than your words. Well,
3: yeah, and, and I mean, to be a, a productive member of this community, one of the reasons that we got into this business in the first place and why we chose this as our vehicle, right, to promote the future of aviation, to promote the community that we wanted, was how innately collaborative and supportive this community is, you know? I'll give a shout out to our neighbor's emporium right down the street. And, you know, when we signed a lease at the Tennyson location, we had no idea that they had signed a lease right down the block. We all opened
0: within months of each other, right? Like a month, yeah. I
3: think, was yeah. our, where our openings were within a month of each other. Um, and rather than looking at ourselves, at, at each other as, as complete competitors, which from a pure business sense, that's exactly what we are um we welcomed each other to the neighborhood we collaborated initially we had a contest our first couple months that we were open where you know we we still had paper receipts at that time back in before covid when you know everything was not digital just yet um where we printed every single receipt that we printed here had a dollar off at emporium same day only and every single receipt that they printed there and we got into a contest and the winner of the contest got to take the other team out for beers Oh my gosh! And we awesome. we crushed them. We sent them like three times as much business as they sent us. Let it be known. And and I, I, I and I will rub that in wow. every day till the end of time. Um, but that's the type of industry that we're in, where sure. is that we just wanted to see each other succeed because what they make, Greg makes amazingly clean beers that are completely different than what we brew here. Totally. And you know that cucumber kettle sour that he has is to this day the best cucumber sour that I have ever had in my life. And if you ever have the chance to get it, like do yourself the credit to try that beer but he's that's still a- racking up points <laughs> but that's but but that's he's like the game's over okay but that's the type of community that we're in you know and that's yeah. that's really what attracted us to this industry you know we, in our team we have a no asshole rule right we, we we do our very best to not do business with assholes whether it's a vendor whether it's a lender whether it, i don't care who it is well you're you're sitting here you're not an asshole um no, but we, 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 it, it, it's really that simple, right? If somebody comes off and it's, it's my way or the highway, I have my agenda and I'm going to push that forward, a very traditional business mindset, we just choose whenever possible to not do business with them. Yeah. You know who didn't have a no asshole? <laughs> uh, Segway. Segway.
0: Um, so modern times, which found themselves at the center of uh, a lot of the rat magnet, uh, uh, you know, sexual harassment stuff, um, have been going through a lot of change uh, in just a very short amount of time. You know, once widely regarded as one of the fastest growing breweries in the country, now is in a position where uh, they, they are being bid on to essentially get sold. And that bid is severely lower than what a lot of people thought it would be. Uh, a lot think, less
1: than stone, you mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, Modern Times, which, you know, was kind of getting up to that stone level in terms yeah, of sure. volume. Yeah. Uh, the, the winning bid was for $20 million by Brewery X, a small brewery out of Anaheim, uh, with the second highest bid being from a small brewery out of Wilmington, North Carolina, True Colors Brewing. Uh, it sounds like now that Brewery X bid has fallen through, and uh, Maui Brewing is back in the driver's seat, which you know they had originally planned a bid back in May. And so to me, this is such an interesting case study in terms of overextension because they had open multiple locations in, in California, and had opened up a facility up in Portland, and now they're in a position where they've shut down multiple locations. They've had to scale back a lot of their production, and and essentially, once they brought in a new CEO, she was essentially like, we have to sell. Like, that's, that's the only way that this brewery can stay afloat, and so it's crazy to see, you know, a brewery that was, I believe, had reached over five, close to 500,000 barrels a year is now, you know, in a completely different position um, and I, I remember when they first launched Colorado just a few years ago it was kind of the big buzz that like oh my gosh modern times is now here and they're you know, spreading across the country and now it's kind of a shell of, of what they are so yeah um, fuck them.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and the final say goes to Corey <laughs> Well, if you're gonna name I the brewery mean, Modern Times, you you might want to stay with stay with the, the times. times. Yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can. You know me. I I can be as a, I I, uh, I try to like look at everything from uh, like every perspective and every angle. But it just seems like they handled everything wrong. Yeah. They handled everything terribly. So I mean, as you said, all of that. I mean, I'm for their like like, yeah, own to okay.
0: continue to to deny allegations after. After all this, you know, m- stories upon stories of well, there, abuse a, and there's, harassment. There's a came lot out. of ways
3: to run a business, and there's a lot of decisions that can be made. And we, by no means do we make the right decisions every time. Sure. As a matter of fact, we've probably made more wrong decisions than right decisions where we're what? sitting now. What, what, um, what? Yeah. No, don't deny our loan. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, you have to look at what, what good are you doing in the world? What is, your, what is your employee culture? What are your core ethos? Right? And if you're not taking care of your people and you're not providing that, that safe work environment and, and, and don't just talk about it, be about it. Right? Like, what are you actually doing to provide a safe work environment? What benefits are you providing for your employee? What, totally. what resources are you allowing them access to? You know, and if if you don't have your foundation set, none of that growth is possible and and it's not even worthwhile.
2: Yeah, from financial um, aspect it's it's the way they grow so we look at the way a brewer grow and they're growing too fast we start to question it. if they open multiple locations multiple locations like oh our name is going to carry us everywhere and it's that's not the way that works right so yep. you, you have to make sound financial decisions as you grow can that one particular location be profitable enough to support itself can we grow to the next location it's gotta and prove it's, itself for right a, for absolutely and while, we've right? seen it happen in, in Colorado we've had a brewery a few years ago that decided to open multiple locations in multiple mountain towns. Like we're just going to grow like mad because our name's going to bring you. And that's not the way it works. Sure. Right. So we, we look at that. We want to make sound financial decisions. And if you're going to grow and we'll use FICO for the example is they're growing to their second location, right? They're, they're making plans on how to make that work. Yeah. And for a brewery to decide we're going to grow 10 or 20 locations that just doesn't, that's not the way it works. Yeah. And we're in the beer business, but we're in the people business first, sure, right? And and
3: nothing what we do matters if the people don't enjoy it, if the people that don't want to come to work and deliver that experience that we're expecting, right? And so you take care of your people first. And so without even looking at their financials, if that's the news, if if those are the headlines and they're not addressing those not only head-on, but the source of where those are coming from, then none of the rest of it really matters, right? Because if you're not trying to create that space for customers and employees alike, where they get to be the best version of themselves, then why are you doing it
2: in the first place? I'll I'll say one more thing is, we we as a financial institution look at the news we look at those stories so if you think as a company as a brewery you're going to grow and we have these backstories going on we will look at it we do that investigation into it like what what's happening and that actually will hinder the process of trying to borrow money you could be the
3: most talented kid in the draft but if you got a rap sheet a mile long then you're not going number one (laughs) totally yeah great
0: great way to put it um eric morgan thanks for joining us really appreciate you guys sharing your story uh, for those who are curious, I don't want to pin down a specific date, but the opening of the second location
2: is
3: yeah. Coming we'd like soon. to know that ourselves. We, we never we never hear that question, do we? <laughs> I, I don't know.
4: Are we opening soon?
3: Do you want to <laughs> do you want to answer that one?
4: Uh, we hope to have our soft openings in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Um, full grand opening sometime in August. Perfect. Uh, we know as much as you do at this point. so Well, w- then that's a great plug <laughs> to
0: stay tuned to porchdrinking.com because we'll be sure to cover it as soon as we know a specific dates. Yeah,
3: so. and you can uh, go to flightcotower.com and sign up for our newsletter. You have the option to get exclusive invites to those private soft openings if you join the newsletter before we open. Exciting. We Very exciting
0: times. Michael, thank you so much for sharing your insight. It was really, really helpful. I think uh, a lot of people will find true value in, in utilizing you know, your tips for, for growth. So oh, thank you. We'd love
2: to collaborate with you. We love com and flight co anytime we can help out and drink a beer. Yeah. Salute. Cheers. Uh, once again,
0: a big thank you to our friends at on tap credit union. Uh, once again, always providing uh, crafting solutions for our craft beer, uh, partners. And then also be sure to grab your tickets for the Denver burger battle happening on August 4th. Uh, it's here in Denver. It's a fantastic event, lots of great food, lots of great beers. Uh, and, uh, Be sure to come out and check out Flyco's uh, current location here on Tennyson Street. They're doing great stuff. Yeah, if you want a a preview of coming attractions,
3: just just come here.
0: Yeah, totally. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, For Corey, Tristan, uh, and Bryant, this has been Episode 94 of the Porchcast. Once again, if you aren't following us already, be sure to subscribe on all of your listening devices. iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Play, whatever it is, Uh, we're available. I think we're even on Spotify now, so you can listen to to the Porchcast whenever you like. And uh, be sure to give us a follow. Once again, this has been episode 94 of the Porchcast here at Flyco. Uh, we'll check you later.